buckle up and arrive alive. Come on down to the patio pod. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the patio pod. Oh my goodness, we are actually back. We we didn't die. It's it's kind of amazing, but uh, here we are. Um, Post college, we're now both done with college, and now we're here to do a weekly podcast. And it's act well, we'll see if it's weekly. God only knows if it'll be weekly or not. We'll see. But uh, hello, everybody. My name is Tyler Lynch. My name is Garrett Lynch. And we are here for the patio pod. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk about a bunch of different sports as always. That isn't going to change. I don't think really anything's going to change about a podcast, but. No, today some of the sports include NASCAR, the NBA, NFL, and even the PBA. The PBA. We had a unique experience with the PBA, Let's and just, so we have to talk about it. So we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Yep. But the main thing we're actually watching it right now is NASCAR. This is Wednesday evening, and we are watching the qualifying for the Daytona 500. What, yes. what, what do you think of what you've seen so far? Well, um, the Fords are actually fast. Normally, it's the Chevys that are the quicker teams this year, but um, the Fords are quick. I mean, three out of the top five are Fords. So, and yeah, Briscoe put an unbelievable lap. Larson, though, was a, a hundredth off, but I think it'll come down to a Ford or a Hendrick Chevy because normally the Hendrick Chevys are quick even though Chase qualified terrible, but um, one thing they're doing is they're holding their left hand out the window and they're driving with one hand, like most people do, just going to the grocery store. Why are they doing that? They're doing that to get some aerodynamics and to make their car stick to the ground, which William Byron's car clearly just didn't do that. It just shot way up the track. So I don't think I'm going to try that going to I, the grocery store. I mean, they're doing this more. going 190 miles an hour, which the fact that they're doing this is impressive. <laughs> if you wanna if you ever doubt if these guys are talented as race car drivers just watch what they're doing driving 190 miles an hour one-handed trying to keep their car right next to the yellow line on the bottom of the track it's pretty impressive to say the least amazing thing is byron's actually going to put up a pretty good lap and his car shot way up the track (laughs) he went six that's actually quite impressive i wasn't expecting that but Right now they're qualifying to see who's going to get in the top 10 for this for round one. And then they'll qualify again. And will that be the final round? And that'll or? be the final round. And then whoever's the top two guys in the final round will start first and second in the Daytona 500. And no matter what they do in the duel, as long as they don't crash or have a mechanical failure that makes them have to do an unimproved adjustment, they're going to start first and second in the Daytona 500. So... Well, we'll keep you updated with the qualifying as we're going along. But let's start with some of our first topics. Some of that is the new drivers for this season. We have someone coming back, not really new, but new to the next gen. Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he actually made the race. Yep, he already qualified in tonight, so he doesn't have to race the duels. So He's racing part-time, but what expectations do you have for him? So for me, to quote Denny Hamlin, it's either going to go really good 
or it's going to go really bad. I think there's a two only two options for that, I would say. Because obviously he's Jimmy Johnson. He's probably one of the greatest drivers to ever um, pick up a wheel and drive a stock car. Um, so we're going to be, it's very intriguing to see how he's going to do. This is obviously a next-gen car, which actually it's, I think he's going to be okay because he drove, well, obviously he's done IndyCar for the last two years, but he actually also drove sports cars, drove for IMSA. And those prototypes have, well, I think they, I don't know what the prototypes are. I don't, I don't, I forget if they use the steering wheel as they have the sequential shift. What's the steering wheel shifters called? I don't remember what they're called. Pedal shifters. Pedal pedal shifters. I forgot. No, the the prototypes have pedal shifters, but he's used to kind of like that, you know, go up and then go down kind of gear. Because it's like I mean, yeah, these cars are have more of a sports car type gearbox. So he's familiar with this car, and I think it'll be interesting. I'll, I just have to say my opinion on this whole thing is that. <laughs> He did IndyCar, and I think IndyCar helped him grow some kahunas to be able to race once again in NASCAR because his last couple years, he was not very good. He had a wreck. Where was that wreck at? Pocono. Pocono. And he lost his brakes. He never trusted the car after that, it seemed like. So I think he went to IndyCar, which seems much more terrifying, and I was able to come back. Yeah, so... We're very intrigued. I mean, he's only confirmed for two races. One's the 500, and then he's going to be running the street course at Chicago. So, which, I mean, hey, he ran IndyCar, so he might be good at it. Lord only knows. I mean, the funny thing is, I kind of am secretly rooting for him to win the Daytona 500. Because you just know he's going to run full-time for the season. And, (laughs) you know... So it would be funny to see him, you know, basically semi-retire, and then he's going to win the Daytona 500, and then he's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to run for my title, why not? So that, that would be hilarious if he did that. So that's why I'm quietly, even though I'm a Larson fan, I'm quietly rooting for Jimmy to win the 500 this year. I will admit the 84 does not look as good as the 48. <laughs> I mean, I think if they... Do you think if they did, like, the Hendrix-style font on it, it would look better? Yeah. It looks kind of cheap. They actually did run the 84, Hendrick did, um, in 2004. They, they like, in the Cup Series, they ran the 84. Um, for a driver we're going to also talk about tonight. Next driver we have... Actually, let's talk about... Jimmy Johnson is the boss of this driver, Noah Gregson. He's driving the 42. Yes, he is driving the 42. This is definitely um, a driver that I'm very, very intrigued to see how he's going to do in the Cup Series. Um, I know last year some people are like, his stats were terrible. Why did he, you know, I don't know how he's going to do. Well, he went on door bumper clear, and he admitted he didn't try in that car. He was just there to ride and get experience. He didn't really want to, you know, he's not going to compete and go as hard as he can well, what he's going to do this year because um, he didn't want to get hurt. And he was running for a Xfinity title, which he almost won and probably should have won. But, so, but yeah, now with Jimmy, with Legacy Motor Club, 
It used to be Petty GMS. It used to be Petty Motorsports. Now yeah. it's the Legacy Motor Club. I've definitely heard and I've definitely seen that there is a different atmosphere with this place. And obviously you have Jimmy Johnson, and it's, it definitely sounds like he is doing a lot of the hands-on um, interior stuff, working with the drivers. And that is going to be a big, big plus for not only Gregson, but even Eric Jones. Because Jimmy was always somebody who he did have personality, and I hope that Jimmy doesn't completely get rid of Noah Gregson's personality because he's freaking hilarious. He's If you want to just follow somebody on Instagram just to make you laugh, you follow Noah Gregson. But, so, but you know, just be a little bit more professional. Keep yourself in shape. You know, actually um, learn how to, you know, be professional in the Cup Series. He has series. that championship so, winning mentality. Yes. Because he's won seven. Seven. Five in a row. Yes. Seven is. total, five in a row. And so. And he wasn't even the most, I would say, popular driver any, during any of those. No. <laughs> even well, though he's the champion. Well, I mean, you know, there's somebody, when you have somebody by the last name of Earnhardt, you know, it's hard to be the most popular driver. And I say that, and I'm a Dale Jr. fan. But. I mean, Jimmy had quiet supporters. I mean, heck, I went to a race that he won, and fans were pretty happy and cheering whenever he won. So that's good. I would say, yeah, Jimmy's just a guy that. Well, even though, yeah, he's not the most popular driver. I know we're getting back to Jimmy, but like nobody doesn't like him. I don't think there's any. Well, I know. I'm sure there's some non-Jimmy Johnson fans, but if you go to a track and you ask everybody. Hey, what do you all think of Jimmy? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we like him. Speaking of, well, the 48, the 48 just ran an absolute monster of a lap. So, oh, yeah. He just ran a, at least a tenth, and uh, he ran a tenth and a half a hundred. Definitely over a tenth faster. Over a tenth faster? That is unbelievable. It's crazy. Well, side note. The 48, I believe, has started on the front row in the last four Daytona 500s ever since. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, the last four Daytona 500. Well, no, not the 48, sorry. Bowman started on the front row of the 500 since he's been at Hendrick in 2018. So that's a side note. And to say at least from the lap he just ran, he probably has a good chance of starting on the front row again. So, yeah. But anyway, to get back to Gregson. We went way off track there. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how he's going to do. Um, he's a great personality, and I kind of hope he succeeds because of his personality. But, I mean, we thought Cole Custer I, was going to be a superstar in the Cup Series, and now he's no longer in the Cup Series. So we'll just see how well he does. And, you know, and obviously that 42 car is going to be a way more competitive car compared to what it was last year because they had Ty Dillon in it. So it's like it's a completely it's, <laughs> it's a completely polar opposite car. So like, I'm very intrigued to see how he's gonna do. So, well, I think next let's talk about Tyler Reddick. Yes, he is probably the biggest off season change of the year. Well, okay, one of them because obviously, <laughs> what happened with somebody else was kind of big, but um, which we're gonna talk about that guy, but. Tyler Reddick, yeah, it was pretty shocking. I mean, when I remember I had to, like, look up on my phone and, like, 
figure out what was going on whenever I found out he was going to 2311. Um, this could be a very dangerous combination because Tyler Reddick is a very hungry driver. Won three races in a B-level car. And even when he was knew he was going out the door? <laughs> he got better once he knew he was going out the door. How crazy is that? Yeah. So For RCR. Yes, and so, and I mean, yeah, even, well, okay, I won't say that the number eight is a, it's a B-plus level car, which, like, the 45 is probably an A-minus car right now, but that car could be an A-plus car, and so definitely a lot of potential, I mean, I'm sure everybody's expecting him to at least make the round of eight, you know, because Kurt did really good in that car, he actually statistically even though he only won one race at the time before he got hurt, he was statistically having one of his best years in like over five or six years driving that car. Wow. And so I'm intrigued to see how he's going to do, and Tyler Reddick's an unbelievable talent. Shout out Denny Hamlin, even though I have my we feelings really about like him I have my feelings about you. He's really good on his podcast, though. He's a really, really good podcast, so, and he's very, very smart. But... You know, this was a very good hire, and the fact that they still have Kurt Bush in shop and still doing a lot with him and with Tyler Reddick and Bubba, that is a really big deal. And so, I'm very intrigued to see how Tyler Reddick's going to do in the 45. Yeah, and Tyler Reddick left RCR, so they needed someone. So they got Kyle Busch. Yeah, so that probably is the biggest free agency signing of the year. Probably one of the biggest in. A pretty long time. It seemed to drag on forever because he wanted to get the money for it. Yeah, but sometimes the drivers aren't making the money they were, that they used to. Which, it sounds like he still turned out okay with RCR. He basically, is, I think he's making just a little bit under what he made at Gibbs. But I think for what it was is that, um, <laughs> which we'll talk about the guy who replaced him, but... You know, I think they were in a situation where they were kind of like, I'm sure they were looking for sponsors, seeing who would replace the M&M's hole. And they're like, oh, Ty Gibbs is winning like a half a dozen races right now in the Xfinity series. And then he ran top 15 in his cup debut. And they're like, okay, it's over. We're, we got to get him in a cup car. So, yeah, which it was kind of sad to see Kyle Bush's end in the 18 kind of go that way. And even his win at. The Bristol Dirt Race wasn't really. He, he, well, he should not I, have won. Yeah, I hate saying you. You you always earn a cup. He earned but... it, but Reddick Briscoe Briscoe was going for it. But anyways, yeah. that was crazy. So yeah, we talked about Ty Gibbs, and he's the other person to maybe look out for. We'll see. <laughs> the Bush didn't look too good. Are you the talking? Bush Clash didn't look too good. Are you talking about look out for in case he wrecks somebody, or look out for in case he, um. You know, maybe does well, but my answer is yes. I would say both, which I think he's got some of his. There's some, which I mean, there are some veterans still in the Cup Series that if he does something wrong, they will chew as you know what. <coughs> Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. He's yeah. Kevin Harvick's been pretty vocal in his because he's retiring. Harvick's been pretty vocal that he's just had enough and that if you mess with the Bulls, mess with the Bull, you're actually gonna get the horns. So. Kevin Harvick on a not give a crap tour that's gonna be pretty fun to watch yes so Ty Gibbs you better watch out you better not cry or you're gonna get beat up by a 45 year old man so he'll kick your butt 
So next, well, I might just want to talk about Joey Logano and what to expect from him the year after winning his second championship. Mm-hmm. Well, he went to a, um, a special category because not that many drive. You know, there's a lot of drivers that get one, but how many can that you say got two? You know, so we're very intrigued to see how Joey does this year. I mean, obviously he was wrecking everybody at the clash. So he hasn't changed in that regard. Yeah, but what else should we expect? What though? else should we expect? Kyle Busch just yeah. flat out hates him, which is hilarious. And so, <laughs> I like him a lot as a person outside of racing. But once you get him in that race car, I don't know. He like turns into a different person. Okay, so this is a random reference, and you're probably not gonna know what I'm talking about. But do you remember that goofy cartoon, like from the old days, where it's like. Goofy is like that friendly, like nice neighbor um, outside, and then he has massive road rage when he drives the car. I think, I, yeah, we might have to that. watch that. <laughs> throwback shot, throwback to the so old that's Disney what Joey Logano. That's Joey because like he's just the friendliest, nicest guy. <laughs> Everybody outside of the car likes him, even Denny. And then when he gets in the car, Denny's like, "I hate him." Well, so, what did Kyle Busch say about it? He called him two faced. Which, yeah. like, even Denny's like, yeah, he's two-faced, but most of us are. Yep. So, but, yeah, I would say if you have to think of a driver that's two-faced, it's probably <laughs> Joey. If you just had to guess, how many wins do you think he'll get? Year uh, two of the next gen. Honestly, well, with year two, I think there's some guys who normally dominate Kyle Larson. Um, Not biased. <laughs> not biased. Uh-huh, is. Uh, yeah. Very is. Um, I mean, well, Kyle Larson is going to win 10 races this year. But, I mean, if you think Larson's... I mean, Joey won four. I mean, he's normally a two or three win a year guy. So I would say probably if you have to put the over on, you know, on, you know two or more wins, take the over. He's clearly... I think he would get more than two wins. Mm-hmm. Because he's, well, even though he wrecks everybody, he's a somewhat talented driver. So <laughs> so he can get some wins. So I would expect two wins from Logano. He'll probably do that till he retires. Probably get one or two wins a year. So I would expect two. So. And the last driver I have down, because to me it feels like he's got to do something. Even though he's he's a, he's a great driver. He definitely has And he got a contract talent. extension. So Ryan Blaney. Yes. He's got to win the championship this year. I don't think he's got to win the championship. He's got to at least win, um, which the funny thing is, is statistically he had one of the best years of not only his career, but um, one of the best statistical seasons out of any driver last year. He just didn't win. Yep. And so I'm very intrigued to see if he could actually win some races because there are a lot of races he should have won. But, I mean, yeah, you know, and I think we need to forget that I don't think Blaney's even going to be in his prime yet. I think most prime drivers are, well, we're kind of starting to realize that you can get in your prime in your late 30s and early 40s, and I don't think Blaney's even 30 yet, so. I guess that's true, but man, I I don't know. It it just seems like he could have won a lot of races last year, and it just never... He never got the luck for that. Well, yeah, I mean, heck, he had the most stage wins last year out of any driver. So we'll see. I mean, he's kind of like the Matt Kenseth of 
NASCAR right now. Because you like Matt Kenseth was like the driver that, you know, he'll get a couple wins a year. He might blow up and win a lot of races in a year, but he'll quietly run really good consistently and be in the playoffs every year. So, <laughs> Well, I wouldn't want to be a Matt Kenseth. <laughs> well, Matt Kenseth just got inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, so... He won a championship, yeah. Well, yeah, Matt Kenseth Long won a championship ago, but... in two Daytona 500s, but if you have a career like Matt Kenseth, you get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and so, I could see that from Blaney. I mean, you know, I, with the no longer even playing field of the fact that teams now know how the next-gen car is going to be, I'm sure the cars that normally run good all the time are gonna run good again so like the hendrix the well we'll see about the gibbs because they're kind of rebuilding this year but you know the hendrix the gibbs maybe Stuart Haas runs good again this year obviously penske you know so it's probably you know even i don't think the 19 winners is gonna happen again so we'll see um you know we could very well see a blaney breaking out or the hendrick guys running a lot of races or like a christopher bell and danny hamlin and truex winning a lot of races so we'll have to see so are there any other drivers or anything we should look out for for the season um well all i can say is is i think that we're very i'm very intrigued to see two teams that are chevys that currently run two cars full-time i'm intrigued to see how track house and college racing are going to do Obviously, Trackhouse, both cars made the playoffs, both cars won, and one of them made the final four, that being Ross Chastain, and then, of course, the other driver for Trackhouse is Daniel Suarez. And Ross Chastain is the watermelon man, and he also is... The wall rider. The wall rider. <laughs> and they made a rule for that. The, the hail melon. <laughs> no more um, wall riding. So, we're, I'm very intrigued to see how they're going to do. I mean, I think Ross is... We're, we're in, I'm very intrigued to see how well he's going to run again. Um, I mean, the good news is both him and, well, I don't know about Ross yet. I'm sure they're going to resign him to a multi-year contract extension. Trackhouse would be, you would be idiots to let go of that guy. But they just re-signed Suarez, and I know they want to keep that nucleus around for quite a while, and that's a pretty good, strong nucleus of drivers. So I, I'm intrigued to see. I think I got both my cars, both the cars making the playoffs, but... We'll just have to wait and see. And then, obviously, with Colic, um The Dinger. I'm very excited to see A.J. Allmendinger run full-time in the Cup Series this year. He, because uh, now he's in his, some may call his prime of his career, even though he's 41. But, I mean, statistically, we've seen that late 30s, early 40s is your prime. And this guy's trophy hunter. He's won, you know. On the road courses, he wins like four or five road course races a year. He's a really good plate racer. So I actually have him making the playoffs this year. And so I'm very intrigued to see how he's going to do. And then obviously, um, listening to Justin Haley, he's a man on a mission this year because this is his last year under contract with Colic, and he's kind of has a pressure on him to compete. And he's a really good plate racer as well. As well as he ran like... He had, like, two other top fives last year. So he's a really talented driver. But so, but with, you know, obviously the competitiveness Cup Series, I don't know how he's going to do. But he could sneak in for a playoff spot this year and maybe get a win at a restrictor play track. Well, now it's not called restrictor play anymore. Or a road but, course, I would say, would be the main place to look out for. Road course, yeah. Well, he is a road course driver, but he ran really good at Darlington both years. Both, I mean, both races, excuse me. And then also... Um, 
one fan top five at Las Vegas. So let's see how well he's going to run. So yep. keep an eye out for Colleg and Trackhouse. That'd be my last thing to say. As well as Kyle Larson might win over five races this year. So, so what do you think about the safety for these cars? What are we going to have to look out for? Well, I guess you still can't get hit in the rear end again because Danny said it still hurts. It's like you think they would take the off season to think about that a little bit. Maybe just put, I don't know, some a bean bag on the back. That's by better. They literally just have to make the rear of the car give out more. It's so that the driver doesn't absorb the hit. It's the car, which like the problem with that is is you know. If you get hit, you know, with a car that crumples more in the rear of the car, you are able to... What are you laughing about? <laughs> Just laughing. Okay. <laughs> My luck after the podcast, you're going to be like, you realize you said something wrong. No. But, you know, with the Gen 6 car, you know, if you backed it into the wall, it gave out quite a bit. With these, they're not really... With the composite bodies, they're not really made to give out that much, which... Like, there's a moment in time where, you know, they're doing that to save money and they're doing that to where cars can wreck and then still compete and still be competitive, which the car did do that last year where there were moments where cars would wreck back into the wall and they would still compete and almost win races. So, well, not win, but at least run top 10 and run top 15. But... If, if it just means that the rear of the car just needs to give more and that means more drivers are going to, you know, DNF from races, then NASCAR just do that. But, you know, I, I think the problem is, and what Denny said is that it's not the, I think it gives the, because they did do some changes, it gives more on bigger impacts, but like when they're running into the back of each other, like on short tracks, like they still feel the jolt from that. So, yeah, that's not and for the Bush Clash race, they put mufflers on the cars, I guess, to bring the sound down a little bit. But they also had the um, reports of like carbon monoxide and the or dioxide, and the drivers were getting kind of sick. Yeah, driving, and throwing up. Yeah, a lot of people were being like Noah Grayson, <laughs> the one driver that does throw up. One driver because of anxiety. We don't need people throwing up because they don't have anxiety. Yes. Only if you have anxiety. You're well, even Denny Hamlin, he talked about it on his podcast, and he said he didn't feel right for, well, he filmed it on Monday, and he said he still wasn't feeling very good yeah. from the effects of it, and he was, like, he was, he had to run to the airplane, to the front of the plane, to the cockpit, to, like, get the big pilot oxygen mask to put that on after the race, so, yeah, I mean, I know that NASCAR, they have a brand new car, but, like, really? Do they test anything? Like, you can't figure out, like, these are basic stupid issues, and we're getting drivers sick and hurt over it. Like, like if they put a, just a normal car, let's say, like, uh, just a Ford Escape out there, and they made it to where the carbon dioxide goes into the cabin of the car, do you think that'd be okay? No. So, like, what are <laughs> so we doing then here? The standard for the NASCAR drivers should be the same. We're not supposed they they're already getting tortured enough with the heat inside the car. They don't need to get tortured with carbon monoxide. So well, I'm glad I do have air conditioning then. <clears throat> well, and the last thing I kinda wanna talk about was the how Ty Gibbs he bursted into flames, which 
according to you, that wasn't related to the other event. But yeah, I read it on Instagram. Year. I'll look it up real quick. But it was like a it was a freak accident, which like isn't that what happens to all the other issues with these cars? Is they were freak accidents? He's but... just qualifying, and he gets done or is close, and then just burst into flames. And he was gonna run a fairly decent lap. He's gonna be one to I don't know. He's either gonna be really good and just get it right away because he has had the cup experience, or things like that are gonna happen. It's like bad luck and just things like that. Yeah, okay, I can't find it where... I thought my source was one thing, but it wasn't. Oh, no, it was probably the next car in Fox. That's where it was. But So we'll have to see. At least they clarified that there was that difference. But um, some of the things going on, there's some new rules. There are some new rules. One thing is no cautions for stage breaks at road courses. I think... This is a great idea. This was great because there was too much strategy going on to where if you won the stage, you wouldn't run good for the following stage because the strategy was just way too stupid to control. So I think it was smart to get rid of the stages and just that they will still award the points, the you know get the stage point or whatever and get the bonus points, playoff points. That's what the word is, not bonus point, playoff point. So yeah, there's still the stage wins. It's just gonna happen during green flag. They, they won't. They won't throw a caution for it. I'm intrigued to see. Maybe NASCAR does this on the ovals. We'll see. Well, it's probably not a bad idea because that um, strategy does roll over to the ovals too. We've definitely seen that where you can choose to pit at certain times and it'll get you the stage win, but it won't get you the win of the race. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think NASCAR is going to take that off unless they really want to. Well, because they want the restarts to mix things up. Because they want NASCAR to be entertaining. So, <laughs> yeah, not, which I'm not saying don't which, actually race each other. But like, let's know. not actually race each other. Let's just and, make you know, a bump make of a cars. guy earn it. You know, oh, let's bring them all back together and see what happens. But hey, screw it. You know, we're like door bumper clear right now, just bashing NASCAR, but. Well, I don't think we're going to get called to the hauler. We're not getting called to the haulers. <laughs> if we do, that's a win. That's Ima- like winning the no, championship. No, imagine like we just open our mailbox and we see something from NASCAR and we're like, what the heck is this? And it's like, you have like th- five days to take down your podcast and publicly apologize about NASCAR. We will sue you. No, I'll do it if I get free tickets. Yeah, that's what it would be <laughs> like. Hey, we'll take his stuff down, but can we get free tickets to a race? So. Yeah, we'll never do it again. We'll meet, with you all. To... we'll meet with you all, we'll go on the hauler, we'll talk it over, and we won't do it again. So... And then we'll go see a race. Oh. And then maybe NASCAR will sponsor a podcast. This is something I saw. Wet tires. They're going to use them also for short tracks. So basically, well, it's not like if it's raining, they'll use the tires. So like if the track is damp, well, like, they don't need to, like, completely blow off the track and make it dry, like, for the short ovals. They just have to get it to where it's good enough to be a little damp, and then they can run the cars. So it's not, like, as full-blown of an idea as what you think it is, but... Yes. Well, that was a close call. Oh, my goodness. We're watching the qualifying right now, and Kyle Busch almost just ran Absolutely. into... Who was that? That's Cindric. Oh, what a good thing, bad, but... 
Well, I don't know what. We need to listen to the audio and see what happened there. But that was interesting. Um, but it's. I mean, a if it means that it which it'll take a shorter time to get the cars back on track. That's yay. fine. I I mean, yeah, it's not like oh, there's gonna be a torrential downpour and they're gonna run these things in the oval at Martinsville. No, that's not what it's gonna be. As long as we don't get the Coda Martin Truex Jr. rain wreck. <laughs> Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. That was I don't was know. Was that in twenty twenty one? That was in twenty one. Yep, Cole Custer just absolutely rented <laughs> him and was basically almost drove over him. So that was the beginning of the end for Cole Custer. <laughs> <laughs> that was when it's like, oh, we need to take him to the Xfinity series again. Oh, that's funny. So the last new rule I wanted to bring up was the points requirement. For playoff eligibility is removed. This is not a big rule. Basically, if a driver gets... So... Wins a race. If a driver wins a race, one of the rules in the past, you still had to be... Well, in the Cup Series, you still had to be in the top 30 in points. In the Xfinity and Truck Series, it's a top 20. So with that... um, So let's, for example, Kyle Busch. Whenever he got hurt and missed half the season for his broken leg... Even though he won races, he still had to get in the top 30 in points, which he did that, and he actually won the championship that year. But, for example, let's what say... What about, like, a B.J. McLeod? So, yeah, if B.J. McLeod <laughs> wins the Daytona 500 on Sunday, he can run like trash the entire year, which he normally does, and still make the playoffs. Because this actually was brought up when Corey LaJoy almost won Atlanta last year. You remember when he almost won... Atlanta at the Super Speedway. Yes, against Chase Elliott. Yep. He was not in the top 30 in points, and I don't think he was even going to be close to making it. Well, do you think because Corey LaJoy does the Stacking Pennies podcast and it's kind of like NASCAR's teacher's pet that they changed the rule? I think it was more for, well, I'm sure that played a part, but <laughs> it's more for injuries in case a driver, you know, gets hurt and has to miss a ton of races then they don't have to you know they can still be eligible for the playoffs as long as they're granted a waiver so but man i think in nascar there's some conspiracies like jimmy came back because he grew a set of codes (laughs) (laughs) jimmy's coming back so more people can watch nascar again yes that's because i don't know even oh well we're gonna get to that um the Bush Clash. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, it's called the Bush Crash. So, <laughs> I forgot. No. Uh, yeah, I was going to... Before we get there, Martin Truex. He did a good job. He won the race. He actually he qualified bad because the track wasn't ready for qualifying. But and he was not happy. Not but happy. He won. But he won the race. And this looks like it could be the beginning of maybe something. Because last year was just a whole lot of nothing. Last year was... I. I didn't know somebody could have that bad luck driving a car. And then yeah, I saw Martin bad. Truex Jr. drive a car last year. So we're very, I'm very intrigued to see maybe this is the spark to ignite a season. And to say at least, you know, the winner of the class last year at the Coliseum won the championship. So, And we don't want to talk about any personal things, but that probably definitely had some something to do with personal issues he had going on, something to do with last year. You would like to maybe think. Yeah, but, I don't know. We'll but, see, yeah, but we'll see. hey, maybe because I know he's talking about retirement, and I mean it's probably 
if he doesn't retire this year, it's got to be next year. Maybe he goes out on top, you know, as well. And maybe he wants to, once he feels like, okay, I'm going to make the playoffs, maybe he'll announce his retirement. But, yeah, Truex has always been a great driver. He's always been a contender for the championship. So let's see how he'll rebound this year. So So I heard last year in the Bush Clash, Crash, whatever we want to call it, Mm -hmm. last year it was actually the Clash because there was five cautions. This year, this there, year was six, fifth, there was fifth, 16. 16. Oh, man. That's a lot. Yep. There were 16 cautions. <laughs> and, and then when, here was an issue that happened with the uh, with the car. Well, with the crash. Is that um, the yellow flag laps didn't count. Caution laps didn't count. Mm. So they were saying that it took 30 minutes to run five laps. That's ridiculous. That is bad. <laughs> well, and a lot of the highlights I saw of the cautions, they were just like simple things that someone got hit out of line or maybe they got spun out. So they have to stop the whole stinking race and get the caution going. And I also, Michael McDowell, what he did, he run out of gas? I don't remember what he did. Well, he did something where he just couldn't drive the car to pit lane. So what do you do about that on a short track? I don't know. Like that. Just park it out in the middle of the track and say, I hope somebody doesn't hit me. I was listening to the Dale Jr. download, and I agree with Dale. He said on this that that track is not a real track. It should never be a points race whatsoever. I don't know why NASCAR is no even way. considering to make it a points race. Just because they're trying to reach whatever, which I'll, I'll talk about. But I don't think they should keep racing there if, you know, there's going to be issues like that where they can't even get the pit. So the fix is very, very simple with what NASCAR's got to do. Since now we have qualifying back, do what they did for the original Clash. They only allowed the cars that um, won poles to get in the race. Now in the 90s, they did have a qualifying race to where the top two or top three got in. So hey, if you want to do that with the rest of the field that doesn't want to... Uh, you know, doesn't have a poll, and you maybe want to make it to where they all could maybe participate, then do that. But, I mean, even with the... We had a quite a variety of poll winners last year. And, heck, if you want to bring back former Clash winners, do that as well. That's normally how it is. Oh, but cause... bring that back for the Clash. Have the qual... Because now qualifying now means something. Is They're not drawing out of a hat or, well, determining how you run the week before. They actually have qualifying now. So only allow the people who win polls to run the qualifying races. I think that's true because the cars like Brad Keselowski and Busher, Chris Busher, they both missed it again. That's the second year they missed the stinking thing. Doesn't look good, but you know, you think they learned something, and they didn't and they learn it. <laughs> they ran worse. <laughs> Sound their butts and just had fun. I don't know. So, I don't think. This might be controversial, but whatever. I don't think the Bush Clash is the right venue. The type of audience that they're trying to reach is not what they should be going for. So, well, don't do the Clash of the Coliseum. That's what you're saying. Well, they're trying to have Wiz Khalifa or whatever and that other rapper guy. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa do the quote-unquote halftime show for... A NASCAR race. And I'm all for everybody enjoying NASCAR, but 
I don't know if reaching to that audience is going to get them to every race or want to watch every race on the weekend. Or something. I mean, unless they did, unless they allowed Ross to ride the wall at the clash, then uh, <laughs> yeah, they might have got more fans from that. It's an exhibition event. <laughs> it's an exhibition event. Let's see how many the people wall riding ride. wonder. The wall, the wall ride challenge. Let's see if people can pass as many cars as Ross Chastain. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Ross wrecked Danny Hamlin during the clash, which was hilarious. And you catch on fire, that's bonus point. <laughs> you catch on fire, that's bonus point. I mean, I, I understand why NASCAR is doing this. Because it's just like, they, you. there's a niche fan base for NASCAR. And to say the least, unless you have Ross Chastain do what he did. You're really not going to get a lot of new fans. Like, trust me, I've tried to sell people on NASCAR, and it's like selling somebody, you know, hey, it's, it's like being a car dealership and selling somebody a car that doesn't have a motor in it. So, like, it's not, it doesn't it doesn't really go very well, so. Well, and I've heard this talked about for making, like, the whole weekend a type of NASCAR event the whole time where, like, there's maybe, like, a carnival type thing going on or a fair during so, one part of it and concerts and i guess the bush was clashed so doing that. we actually kind of went to something like that gateway last year that was more of a festival heck a big i forgot the country band that played afterwards but they're really well old dominion old dominion they're a very known uh country group they uh they played after the sh- the event and they had like multiple music stages around the track <laughs> so like that did a really and which that was more targeted toward NASCAR fans. But, I mean, they got to do something. I mean, that's why, I mean, Denny Hamlin said it on his podcast, you know. It's not about, like, with Ch- them doing the street course in Chicago, they're not doing it just for the race. They're doing no. it for the experience. Which, like a two-day event. Two-day event. You mean thing. a lot of, I mean, they're basically they're putting a music festival to go along the side of it. Which I mean, yeah. For all that's for how much you're paying, yeah, you you better be watching more Big than money. just a race. It's like two hundred and fifty or three hundred fifty dollars a yeah. ticket. Ridiculous. So, but you know, it's Chicago. You'll get mugged, but you can watch the race. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. <laughs> I don't know. We have to. We might have to edit that out of this podcast. Um. Uh, which, well, I'll be doing the editing duties tonight, <laughs> so I might just be like, eh, we're going to snip that out of the Hey. Park. Hey, it's unfiltered on Junior and Door Bumper Clear, so we'll just be unfiltered. Why the heck not? Whenever I went there on a mission trip, it felt pretty good. But other times, it you're riding the metro. Uh-uh. Okay, moving on. Well, we're going to talk about Daytona. So Alex Bowman is on the pole. Again, he's on the front row for the fifth Daytona. He no, must six cheating. Gosh. Daytona. Well, he was like a. You trying to break something there, Gary? <laughs> he was like a good like car, you know, full car length and a half from Kyle Larson. He's starting second. Let's go, Kyle. So, yeah, one, two, three, Hendrix. So, yep. My luck. What's going to happen is with both Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman, they're going to start the race. And once they get the green flag, they're going to go on the apron. They're going to break. Well, nope. They're going to go on the apron and said, you guys take it from here. We'll just take our time and make sure our car runs good. So they're not going to try, which is probably a smart thing to do because every time I've seen somebody try, they either win it or they wreck. So, kids, sometimes it's okay not to try. 
Hey, that sounds terrible. But um, so yeah, well, I'm intrigued to see how the 500's gonna go. Obviously, I said one of my picks for the race, Jimmy. Obviously, you know, as a f- fan of Kyle Larson, I always hope he wins the Daytona 500. He hates super speedway racing, so we'll see. But last year we were so focused on is this car gonna blow up in a bajillion pieces and is it going to cause something we don't want to see which it didn't we did have oh gosh harrison burton harrison burton went he, flying through the air he took a ride but he was okay he got right now well the funny thing is about the next gen car they fixed they made it safer for like when you go upside down that's good <laughs> they didn't make it safer when you just back into the wall no but... even though a lot of light hit gives you a full-blown concussion so yeah so, you know, because, yeah, Burton actually got hit on the roof by the car when he went over. So, which the car's actually safe for that. It ain't safe for when you run by a wreck. But, hey, Burton, Harrison Burton qualified in the top ten tonight. So, yeah. good for him. Hopefully, Maybe he, he, doesn't, hopefully he doesn't flip again. Yeah. But I guess we'll go off with picks. Do you want me to start or do you want to go first? I think that it's going to be Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Even though his car looked like a flailing pig in the, the race, I think it's going to be him. Yeah, I, I he's a good plate racer. And I, I keep saying plate, good lord. Um, good uh, super speedway racer. We actually saw him win at Daytona when he won in 2017. One of his two wins that year. And the other one was at Talladega. So he's a good super speedway racer, so maybe he'll win the race. You never maybe know. So um, turn the wrenches a little bit better and it'll go well. <laughs> maybe NASCAR will forget that it's raining, and maybe he'll be the one that pulls an Austin Dillon and somehow uh, wins a race when the first top 20 car is all crashed. Talk about it. Um, so I'll have two picks. One's Jimmy. Well, I don't know about Okay. One's Jimmy. Well... I think it would be funny to see Jimmy win the Daytona 500. But my real pick is the ringer, the dinger, dangerous A.J. Allmendinger. He is a phenomenal plate racer. Uh, super speedway racer. I think plate racer is okay. He is a phenomenal super speedway racer. You either see him running up front or, well, he's always a guy that normally runs out of front and does a really good job of staying out of trouble. So... Expect to see that from him. You know, expect him to stay out of trouble and expect him to run good and run up front and, you know, be there in contention. Because, you know, with these super speedway races, it's just a matter of, you know, where you are on the last lap. So, can you make it to the end? And, and do you have someone with you? Yes. And Almendinger has done a phenomenal job with that. And so, as long as Joey doesn't hit you in the butt. <laughs> as long as Joey doesn't do a bad block and be on or the bar. very be on the very top of the wall and then decides to pull down in front of you for no reason whatsoever, then you're probably looking okay. Hey, my boy, Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell. That's how he got his win. because who knows what the heck. Because Joey Logano decided to pull up in front of his teammate Brad Keselowski, <laughs> and Brad Keselowski went into it. the catch fence and burst into flames, <laughs> and Michael McDowell won the race. And your favorite driver is Kyle Larson. Yes. I guess I got to say, 
I think this year I'm finally going to pick somebody. Eric Jones. Eric Jones is going to be your favorite driver. I listened to him on the Dale Jr. download. I'm like, okay. Eric Jones. So I just we're think probably, he's a good racer. So we're probably buying you a shirt soon. And my luck, my luck, because this almost this is what happened with Justin Haley. All right. You were going to like Justin Haley. And then you saw a picture of him or something. And you didn't <laughs> like him. And then you're like, eh, I don't want to refer to I was like, anymore. he reminds me of some people. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's but probably a nice fair, guy but you know the sad thing is too you do want to be a ryan blaine fan you just want to see him win uh, <laughs> no i can't deal with him. but because hey, he eric should, jones he, he is a, you know what eric jones is a great driver and he's a good personality not a doesn't really do anything stupid so if you can win at darlington that means you're pretty good yeah and i i think do i i think i have him making the playoffs this year because he ran really 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 good last year yeah well he didn't make the playoffs but he ran really good well he won at darlington yeah i have him making the playoffs and i have him making the playoffs over like chase briscoe or something like that so well that was our nascar segment next we have the complete 180 not driving a car but having to bounce a ball the nba this is, I want to start out, oh man. The whole trade deadline was crazy. Well, what happened the days before the trade deadline? Well, it started with Kyrie Irving. He's like, I'm finally done. I want out of here. And the Nets finally said, okay, get the heck out. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they, uh, Kyrie wanted a max contract extension, a multi-year extension. Obviously, what, what happened with him at the Nets, they didn't want to offer it to him. And then they, no, and, well, in the end, they did yeah, offer it to him, they but did. Had, he had to win the championship <laughs> yeah, in order for it. them to get the contract. And I'm like, my man, that's how you make a contract. <laughs> and so, um, so with that, he said, I'm out, which like, at first everybody's like, you're an idiot. But then even like Stephen A was like, I understand it because he wants a contract and they're not going to offer it to him. So he wants to get traded. I've, I mean, that's happened a lot in professional sports, so... Not just the NBA, but I then know, but he got traded picky. to a very a team that I didn't see coming. The Dallas Mavericks. He went to the Dallas Luka Mavericks. Luka Doncic. So Luka Doncic, this is the best player Luka Doncic has ever played against. Played with. with. Played with. Sorry, and I am very intrigued. I know they've been. I don't think they've they've been all right. I don't think they've done anything special with the two of them playing together. And. There's growing pains with anything. But so, I'm yeah, honestly kind of excited about it because I know Luca plays very similar in some ways to somebody by the name of LeBron James. In some ways. Somewhat. I will, I think it just gives Luca the opportunity to like take a breather. And, yes. Because Kyrie can get any shot he wants. Kyrie can drop 60 in a second. So, yes, he doesn't have to carry the load offensively anymore. So having, you know... I'm sure there's going to be times this season where they won't have both in the game. They'll either have Luka in the game or have Kyrie at the game, and then maybe at the end of the game they'll bring both of them in together. But, like, honestly, you can do something like that, and the offense can be really good. I know they lost a little bit defensively, but which Kyrie is sneakily a good defender, better than Luka. So yeah. Jason Kidd has to, like, convince Luka to defend well. And even and like, it works, but, you know. 
Yeah. And even Luka's like, yeah, I'm not good defensively, boys. <laughs> Defense wins championships. Offense gets, I don't know. Gets you to the conference finals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> offense, it will. Offense will lead you to, to beat the, the Phoenix Suns by 30. The Warriors. <laughs> and then you need defense. <laughs> to beat the Warriors. <laughs> and that's not going to happen. So, well, Kyrie left. Then who else was going to leave? Well, I wasn't expecting it to be this soon. It was right away. But right away, Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. One in the morning. I was like, oh my goodness. I Phoenix literally, Suns. I literally ran downstairs at one in the morning, probably woke our parents up, and was like, Garrett, did you just see what happened? Like no. I'm like, get on ESPN on Instagram and see what just happened. I said, don't, don't tell me. I, I don't even. And then you look on the ESPN on Instagram. Oh my goodness. Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun to go along with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. So they kept. I don't know. They lost a lot. They lost Mikael Bridges, but they didn't lose as much as they could have. I guess. I mean, if you, I mean, if you would have. Included Aiden in that deal, I would have been like, okay. But be like, well, the Phoenix, yeah. But they wanted uh, Mikhail Bridges really bad. And you know, I think Kevin Durant, of course, will allow the Suns to probably win a championship, have a much greater percentage. Uh, Yeah. But it's been great for the Nets, though. They're like restarting. They got rid of Kyrie, who's causing all this controversy all the time. Kevin, you know, he's wishy washy. Now they got Mikel Bridges, who seems like a good, solid. He's a good role player. Role player, but I think they'll probably make the playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets. They'll at least make the play in the additions they had. Because whenever Kyrie got traded, they got Spencer Dinwiddie and oh, they're the small forward guy that was there forever. But, uh, Finley Smith. Yeah. So, I think they'll make the playoffs. No, are they going to win a championship? No, but at least. They can have a break from that whole. I think they're gonna do play in. I don't know. If, I mean, heck, they're fourth right now. So unless they just completely spiral off, they could get in the top six. Well, and maybe and not even get in the play in. So Mikael Bridges will, like, this is the springboard he needs to get to the next level. Which who knows? And don't forget the other guy that was got traded to the Nets with the Phoenix Suns. Cam Johnson's a really good player. Yeah, I saw Cam that Cam Johnson's a really good player, and he's had some pretty big breakout games on the Suns, so like he could do something and become a really good player as well. So. Do you think DeAndre Ayton and, oh, their coach, um, do you think they're going to actually get along now or maybe think about getting I along? Honest, my, I honestly thought they were going to trade Ayton at the deadline because he's just had so much friction with not just Monte Williams, but yeah, the whole... Um, Suns franchise. I mean, he didn't even want to stay there. It was only because Phoenix just offered him more money. <laughs> That's why he got re-signed back there because he was originally going to go to the Pacers. I'm kind of. I was surprised they re-signed him. Yeah, because yeah, like the whole playoffs. Yes, and I honestly thought they were going to trade him. I mean, heck, if you want to include him in a Kevin Durant trade, then I would have been like, okay. I mean, you obviously would lose your a center, but. I mean, if he wasn't really vibing with the organization, then I don't know. But, I mean, heck, they were even going to offer Chris Paul for trade. <laughs> I'm sure they, which I think they also, I read that the Suns were willing to do a lot to get both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So. Which I think would have been a mistake because just split them up. Even though Kyrie is younger than Chris Paul and Chris Paul's going to at some point really break down. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, He's now old. they're now they're already talking about they're gonna they're immediately starting to pursue Kyrie Irving in free agency. So, oh boy. <laughs> which I he I will say going back to Kyrie, he looked really happy in Dallas. Yeah, he looked really really happy, and like I think like for him, it might be sometimes players are better off being in smaller markets than others. You know. Yeah, and I think like him having an opportunity to where he can just play basketball, which I mean he did that for the Cavaliers even when LeBron got there. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how he's going to do in a smaller market. And I mean, yeah, even if he goes to Phoenix, that's also a smaller market too. Well, compared to like New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. and even Boston, which is where Kyrie went to. But I just want to talk about a couple of the other trades, but um, with the Lakers. They got D'Angelo Russell and a couple players from the Timberwolves, and I think that one made one from the Jazz. But mm-hmm. that was, I think, a good deal. Well, and they got Rui Hachimura from the. Yeah, they've Wizards. done I a might, lot. I, of, I probably said his name wrong. I think you had Hachimura or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it was. I think that was pretty close. Um, I think they made some pretty good moves this year well they got rid of russell westbrook which i heard that it was it got pretty bad at the end of it and it just it just wasn't really a good natural fit it never was never was (laughs) you know what we need more shooting oh let's get russell westbrook who can't shoot at all and and they actually got some good shooters because malik beasley was i think one of the players they traded for including including with d'angelo russell and they got somebody else but that i think is a good three and d so, I mean, they made honestly like kind of like decreasing their superstar dumb because obvious. Well, he might not be anymore, but Russell Westbrook is a superstar. Kind of getting a lot more role pieces. I mean, the West is really up for grabs. I think one time I checked, third through um, third through thirteenth are separated by like seven games or six or seven games. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's really close. So, like, if the Lakers, the Lakers right now are 13th. And where, how far are they back from, we'll just say, 6th place? They are, like, uh, three or four games back. So Probably you literally go on a five-game winning streak, and one of the teams loses two or three games. Lakers are 26 and 32, and the Jazz are 29 and 30. And are they, where, where are the Jazz at? 10th. That's the... That's playing spot. But the Warriors are 29, 29 yeah. Well, the Warriors made a pretty big trade. They got rid of their big man. But they got Gary Payton, the second. <laughs> but it's such a big ordeal. Oh, we're getting our defensive man back. Oh, he didn't pass the physical. Because he's hurt. But they actually finally approved the trade. They so should have never got rid of Gary Payton. He was no. so great defensively, and he's a phenomenal defensive player. The other thing is Richard Jefferson on ESPN on NBA Today. He's like, you know what? He Gary Payton the second did the right thing. He got his money, and then once the other team realized how badly they missed him, they traded him back. So, yeah, win <laughs> win for him. Win win for him. So, yeah, I'm, I think that's a very going to be. Which I heard he might not get back till like March or April. That's when he's not going to be healthy again. But if he's if he's on that team again, he's healthy and is as good defensively as he was in the finals and the playoffs. Warriors, you know, they could challenge the Suns or the Nuggets without a doubt. So, 
Uh, I also wanted to talk about the trade with the Clippers because the Clippers are just an interesting team. They, they got rid of are. all their point guards. Yeah. Even though they might get Russell Westbrook. And heck, maybe they re sign Beverly or do they have you read where he's going? I have not yet, no. Okay. Because he got waived because he was traded to the Magic. Um, and so, hey, they could maybe get those two guys off the market. But yeah. it's intriguing to see what they did because, I mean, they've been okay. They haven't been great, you know. Mm-hmm. And with a, with Kawhi Leonard on your team, you expect greatness. So Yeah, they got Eric Gordon, yeah. They got Eric Gordon, which was a big deal. Big deal. I and they they go John Wall and Luke Kennard went to the Grizzlies. Yeah, and then they also got Bones Highland. Yeah, and then they got somebody from the Hornets. Oh, I don't like Bones Highland. They got Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets, in which they yeah. traded him for um, Reggie Jackson. I think Bones Highland. He only cares about shooting, getting his own shot, and everything else. He could care less about. So the Nuggets getting rid of him. The best thing they could do to win a championship, even though he he, he could score. But what what do you think? I, don't know. I mean, I really haven't seen him play that much. Being oh, honest, well, he's like if John Morant was even more full of himself. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, you you just they have Jamal Murray and uh, uh, the Joker, like, and Eric Gordon's been phenomenal. Like, why do you need to be like that? And so. I mean, heck, with how they've been playing so far this year, and I didn't even know Bones Highland has been playing that much, They, <laughs> the Nuggets are really good this year. So it's like if it's going to be a little bit of a distraction, then yeah. And it's not like he wasn't getting a lot of time, I believe. Was he getting a lot of time or not really? He was for quite a bit there. He's like the backup point guard, but then he got to a point where the coach was like, no. <laughs> well, yeah, he we wasn't even starting, Mike so was like, no. he's not even starting. So, like, <laughs> some one other thing with the NBA, we got the All Star Weekend coming up, so we got Daytona All Star. It's like everything's happening. Yeah, let's see if the dunk contest is not crap this year. Well, so. I want to get to first the three point contest. This is kind of I don't know. I kind of like like this more. It's my favorite. Well, thing. because the good players that we want to do it actually do it. The eight players or eight participants are Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, Damian Lillard, Lori Markkinen, and Fernice Simons, Jason Tatum. Out of those, who's like your favorite two? Um, I think Hero's a pretty sneaky shooter. Um, yeah. I think it's hot. Oh, is Lillard? Oh, Lillard's doing it. I forgot you said Lillard. <laughs> okay, Damian Lillard's going to win the contest. Uh, oh. <laughs> my luck, watch the big man win. Laurie Markkinen. Because <laughs> remember when Carl Anthony Towns won it a couple years ago? I think it'd be funny if Kevin Herter won it because he was on the Hawks and he just never worked out. Um, But I would go with Buddy Heald. Oh, yeah. Heald's a good pick. I'm going with Damian Lillard. I know that's the easy pick, but Damian Lillard is one of the most phenomenal shooters I have ever seen. So. And then the dunk contest. Might as well talk about them. Who's competing in it? The 2023. Oh, there is one guy. Kenyon Martin is. Jr., Mac McClung. McClung is going to be good. Third, and Jericho. Sa- Who's Mac McClung? 
He's a really good. He's like you remember. Oh, who was the guy that was on the Heat and then also the Suns that won one year? Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones. He's a white Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> okay. So I'm we'll excited see. about him because I saw videos of him and he can do some pretty sick dunks. So that's. I mean, obviously we're gonna have the All Star game, so we'll have to see about that. And we got you know the skills challenge, which is Team oh, Ante Decumpo, Team Jazz, and Team Rookies. Wow, I'm probably the Ante Decumpo team's gonna win it all again because then they do that last year. So I honestly thought it was fun the Team uh, Skills Challenge thing. So yeah, that was fine. Okay, I got a rant real quick about All Star. How in the world is Jalen Brunson not on the All-Star team? Is he Has he gotten named as a reserve yet? They named him over Pascal Siakam. How? Well, they named Pascal Siakam over him. How stupid is that? Well, I think it just all depends on the NBA. St- and um, Julius Randle already made it. Well, honest, if you had to pick a Nick, you would pick Jalen Brunson. So the Knicks are at 6th, and the Raptors are at ninth. And I don't know. Well, the the Raptors were did did the Raptors make the play in or did they just make the playoffs last year? I don't remember. But they were they were pretty sneakily good last year. Yeah. And now they've been a disappointment and almost blew up the whole team at the <laughs> trading deadline. Why is Jalen Brunson not on the All Star team? That that's something I don't get because every time I look at as uh, his highlights, he's either dropping over thirty, and I mean he's. He might have been the biggest signing in free agency last year, or one of the. He was a big deal because, obviously, the Mavericks made it to the Western Conference. And Finals. he was a—I mean, he—he he was a part of it. He was a part of it, and he was, you know, option B for the Mavericks with Luca. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, I mean, he's not Kyrie, but he's really dang good. And I'm gonna just look up his stats right now for how many points he's averaging a year. You know, poor game this year. I think he's pretty good, but it just boils down to, I bet the Celtics, well, they had Brown and Tatum probably at the beginning. They just can't have a bajillion all-stars on one, all two, on three, the team. Four, five, six. But, okay, last, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Last nine games, he's dropped 28, 40, 38, 30, 25, 21, 41, 37, 26. He's averaging 23.9 points per game this year. How is he not an all-star? Well, maybe the NBA wanted to push him to be better. Even though so he's already done everything. <laughs> Even though they were all <laughs> pushing him to be better because they were all like, why are the Knicks signing this guy this amount of money when he hasn't really done a little, you know, but when he had a really good playoffs, but he didn't 100% feel like they proved himself. He's done phenomenal. Well, don't give me... I just think the Knicks just—they could go away. And well, be okay. well, they—they they did make a. I was—I should have wrote this down, but they made a really sneaky good trade. This, Josh Hart. That well, why was, sne- was it sneaky? Or because him and Jalen Brunson were really were teammates in college and are really really close. So maybe that could be good. And I think he's played really well since he's gotten on the Knicks. Josh Hart has. So, and like I saw like a video of a press conference where Brunson and Hart were sitting together. Excuse me. 
good grief this freaking <laughs> our dinner from tonight is just getting to me that's why i was like away from the mic like a lot of this podcast because i'm like oh gosh i gotta get affected that's probably i'm gonna have to edit that out probably but no anyway so definitely sometimes you have to make trades for chemistry and so probably that was a chemistry trade and if that's gonna like make the next gel better i mean they're already in six they can maybe even get to the second round i mean they're not gonna make the conference finals but Uh they could win a playoff series yep i think it's true next sport change of topic NFL. How about them Chiefs? How about them Chiefs? Go Chiefs. Who yeah. ate a cheeseburger this week? Like the like and subscribe. <laughs> ate a cheeseburger. Yeah, l- let us know. McDonald's, we, Burger King, Steak and Shake, Shake Wendy's. Wendy's. Oh wow, we parties. What do you like? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go to celebrate the Chiefs winning the Super Nothing Bowl? Nothing beats a Steak and Shake, single steak burger. With cheese, well, for Tyler, cheese and ketchup only. <laughs> or well, the garlic. The garlic there. butter with the garlic seasoning on the bun. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't had a garlic butter burger from Steak and Shake, it does that is deadly. It does kind of change the world. It's, it's as good as lots of things that are good. <laughs> it is deadly, man. <laughs> so, but, yeah, the Chiefs won. I mean, I got to say, it was a heck of a game. It was a phenomenal game. You know, man, they were both teams, besides their defense, <laughs> both teams' defenses were eh. Well, the Chiefs played good in the second half, but. Stop the rush of the. The Eagles. quarterbacks for Except both Jaylen. the games played phenomenal. I know. Uh, even, even though, though Jalen Hurts yeah, had he probably one of that the, ball. He probably had one of the worst fumbles I've ever seen in NFL history. Man, but like, if he wouldn't have had that, they probably would have won. They definitely would have won. If if oh. they if they didn't have a flag put on them at the end of the fourth quarter, then they could have had a chance to do something. But athletically, Jalen Hurts is so talented, and he can throw the ball a bajillion miles away, and it, and it's accurate, pinpoint accurate. Now, to be fair, if Mahomes' ankle wasn't destroyed, he probably is as athletic, not more athletic than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> but he, the man got hurt in the second half, and like he did, he somehow I don't know how he did in the it. first half. In the I first half, he had a twenty-six yard run, one of the longest of his career. I think it was like his third longest of his career. He looked like a deer that just got hit by a car, and like it was ugly. It was but he did. <laughs> he still great for twenty-six yards. So yeah, I there's a game where Paul. Pierce in the playoffs he had to use the restroom or whatever so he acted like he got injured really bad and they had to take him off in a wheelchair well that's not why <laughs> the injury wasn't why so he comes back uses the restroom gets relieved uh, and then he goes back and plays perfect now obviously Mahomes isn't that but, he actually got hurt <laughs> yeah but I'm still blown away by how he could run even in the second half, I'm to be honest. Is that one of the, sidetrack? Is that one of the greatest stories in sports history? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes played phenomenal. Um, he, I mean, none of the quarterbacks threw an interception. None of them got sacked. No, they 
Only only one of them had a turnover, and it was a fumble by Jalen Hurts, which he literally it just flew out of his hands. I've never seen I've never seen a fumble that bad before in my entire life. I felt so bad for him, but to say if you besides the fumble, I would say he didn't lose the game for the Eagles. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and yes, that fumble gave up seven points, which is big, but if you exclude that. He, I mean, he probably, he played better than Mahomes, so. I have to talk about it. The controversial call, which isn't controversial. It's not controversial because it is a holding. The Eagles player said he did it. He just thought the refs would let it slide because they kind of, only problem I have with the call, I mean, thank goodness it happened. It ended the freaking game. It, it won but Chiefs if you aren't a Chiefs fan, I can see how it wasn't called. The calls weren't called the same consistently the whole game compared to that. So, sorry. No, <laughs> Our co-host was... is blowing up over no, here. It's freaking... <laughs> Man, this mushroom chicken we had last night is destroying me. Uh, hey, it was good. It was good. But, I mean, is it a, it's a holding. It was clearly a holding. There's Nobody has an issue that it was a holding because it I, was a holding. But, like, if I hold your hand. That's like the amount of force used. Yeah. Could that well, he make tugged, you stop? Well, he tugged the jersey a little bit. Which, I know. You don't know. You, hey, you don't know. The well, one? well, yeah. Nobody Go has refs. a problem. Refs nobody... versus Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> refs versus Eagles. Well, it, nobody had an issue with it not being a holding because it was a holding. It's just like. It's just be, being called consistent. Well, it's just everybody hates the fact that that's what determined the end of the game. Like the oh, it Eagles, killed the momentum. It killed the, the momentum, game. and the Eagles didn't have a chance to. Because, oh. like, if that didn't happen, then the Chiefs would have obviously kicked a field goal. Then that would have gave an opportunity for either the Eagles to either tie it or maybe win it. So. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It would have made a, a crazy yeah. ending. But in the something. end, the Chiefs were going crazy and they had to completely censor out everything uh travis kelsey was saying today at the parades so yeah <laughs> uh, he took a full shot of fireball he just downed that thing i'm he, like oh he what a downed man. an entire <laughs> so, no a fan <laughs> threw it at him oh my <laughs> well i mean at the for the first super bowl they were just chucking beers at like cans of beers at Mahomes, and he kept on shotgunning every <laughs> single one. I don't man, know if he did that this year, but oh man, that, it was that takes more talent than being a quarterback. Is <laughs> <laughs> one handing beers, taking your teeth in the side of it, and shotgunning like seven or eight of them? Oh, there's this hilarious video I saw today where they were cheering Mahomes um, after. You know, going to the bathroom in a porta potty. So he stepped out of the porta potty, and he, the whole crowd went crazy. And uh, you could tell he was having fun. That's the best way to put it. That's good. Well, we've come to our last topic. When did we do this past weekend? This we, is a sport we, that we can do. It's a sport that we're both actually good at, for the most part. I, I'm okay. You're good. Thanks. <laughs> Yet yeah, I average one fifty seven on monday night i don't want to talk about that but um yeah that's gonna be another podcast mentally getting over bullying but you know <laughs> frying out the fry out podcast maybe it'll be a good outlet but um, um 
Man, we, we went to the PBA. Went to the PBA. It was not in just Springfield, Missouri. It was not just the regional because we went to a regional event, which was really good. I mean, basically, it's just like all the guys are there. Well, a lot of the pros that you see are there, but we saw a national event, so everybody was there. It was there. We, I heck, we saw Jason Belmonte bowl, the guy from Australia, the greatest bowler of all time. We watched the goat. Um, we also watched Anthony Simonson. He's mm-hmm. he could become the goat. And we saw Kevin Williams. We, he uh, really helped make that tournament happen yep. in Springfield. That was his hometown lanes, home so. center, hometown crowd was going nuts for him. <laughs> And I've never, I've never been to a bowling event with an environment like that. It was phenomenal. And I mean, heck, the funny thing too is you had pros like Kyle Troop, Jesper Svensson, they're all hanging out, Marshall back at the bar, Ken, drinking a beer, it, you know, drowning their sorrows if it went bad. But if it just went okay, then... they're just they're just chilling. <laughs> and it's like, when like do you go to a when can you go to an NBA game? And you're just, you know, watching. Well, I mean, okay, uh, LeBron sometimes sits out of games and is chilling anyway. But when are you going to see, like, a bunch of NBA players that are just, you know, sitting in the stands hey, you just You can chilling. walk up to. Walk up to, talk, have a conversation, get a picture, and all friendly. And it was probably one of the most underrated live sporting events you could go to. Yep. And it was crazy because... The event at Springfield, it was free to attend. Yeah. It was free F-R-E-E to watch the greatest free. bowler of all time throw a bowling ball. When yep. are you going to pay nothing? Well, hey, and I think they're going to maybe, if they bring it back, which PBA, please bring well, the PBA tour back to Springfield. They might charge like 5 or $10 to go watch the stepladder and watch yep. the finals. Yep. When are you going to pay 5 to $10 to go to an NBA game? Go to a baseball game. Go to an NFL game. Go to a NASCAR race. Go to any sport we could talk about. NHL. Heck, even college basketball. This basically costs as much as going to a high school sporting event. Yeah. And you get to watch some of the greatest bowlers of all time. Hey, I, I can't complain. It was good. It was phenomenal. Shout out to the guy who won. It Sam was Cooley. Sam Cooley. Uh, the second best bowler from Australia. <laughs> yeah, he's the He's best, gonna have the to best, live with that. the best one-handed bowler from Australia. Yeah, there, there you go. That sounds good. That's better. Uh, great guy. Great, great guy. I was. He's. I mean, yeah, he might you know be a little quiet, but he was a really, really nice guy. He did something kind of funny. Um. So Kevin Williams was the number one seat. He was the number two seat. He came back to beat Jacob Butruff, um, in the semifinals, and so he took on Kevin Williams, who was number one seat. To say the least. We know who everybody was rooting for. Oh, yeah. All the crowd, all the fans. Well, some of the fans were, I would say, a little disrespectful. Yes. And said that this is Kevin's hometown. This is Kevin's Kevin's house. Come on, Kevin. This is your house. And then the best thing ever happened. Which, okay, let's just be fair. Were you rooting for Kevin Williams in that title match? I don't know. <laughs> well, I was—I'll be real, and even though I like—I was, I was rooting happy, for the PBA. I was rooting for the PBA too, but I was rooting for Kevin to win that match. Yeah, I can tell that. Um, but I would have been happy if Cooley won, and I told Garrett like, if Cooley wins, we're going to say congratulations or support him if he wins, because I don't know if anybody else is going to. But we, um, 
So Cooley left the 10-pin. He had to mark, well, make the 10-pin to win the tournament. And right as he let it go, and he knew he was going to make the 10-pin and win the tournament, he screamed out, my house. Yeah, this is my house. Well, I, I rewatched it, and he just yelled out, my house. Okay. And so I'm just like, when he told us that, because I'm like, what did he just yell out? And so when we went up to him and I asked him what he said, that's what he said. And I was howling, laughing. I am like, dude, I can't, I'm so happy you did that. Well, that's the one thing he was tired of is hearing all that. <laughs> and I guess he's had like multiple experiences where, well, I'm sure it might have to deal with the Belmo guy, where he's bold, where, you know, he was going against the hometown favorite or he wasn't the favorite to root for and so and he's like it hasn't gone my way yet with you know being the underdog being not the crowd favorite not because they don't like him it's just because they're rooting for somebody else and so he said whenever he got that win it was a little bit sweeter which i'm sure it is whenever you know you beat the hometown guy that 99 percent of the crowd was rooting for well and he just said he had a great time Yes, I think all the pros had a phenomenal time. I mean, a lot of them have gone to um, Enterprise Park Lanes before, to Bowl Regionals. Uh, Kevin Williams mm-hmm. puts on a high stakes, like $10,000 doubles tournament. So a lot of them go do that. So it's a very well-known bowling center in the bowling community. So, and I think Back in how, Missouri. Yeah, it's back first time uh, tournament in Missouri since I think two thousand and three, two thousand and four. That's just such. Which, to be fair, but Missouri is actually probably one of the biggest uh, bowling states in the country. Mm-hmm. Like the pe- like the bowling hall of fame used to be in St. Louis. Dick Weber, the man who launched bowling, is from St. Louis. His son Pete Weber, Mister Who Do You Think You Are, I am, also from Missouri. So I think it's yeah, like. I think that, but- it's one I think like you know when you have like such an iconic like a state a state with uh, a lot of iconic um moments and a lot of iconic characters it's like why not you know yep have so I'm glad that they brought it back thank you Enterprise Park Lanes for bringing the PBA thank you Kevin Williams for bringing the PBA cuz even but- Sam even Sam Cooley acknowledged if it wasn't for him they would have not bowled there so hey and Sam Cooley brought in a nice $25,000 prize. Yeah, he made 25000 The top 12, like, the lowest amount the top 12 made was, like, 75 No, it was, like, 6000 bucks. So, it, it paid well. They had good sponsors. So, hey, the the only thing that would make it better is if they bring Fox there and I mean, have Randy, Randy Peterson and Rob, and Stone. Rob Stone. You know, Rob Stone saying, you know, the bowlers are taking each other down like Chinese spy balloons. <laughs> It might be one of the most iconic quotes I've ever heard in my entire life. And but. just look up Randyisms. Randy has so many sayings that just look are up so Randy funny. Peterson and then on his Wikipedia to show all his stuff. Like that was nastier than a vulture's breath. <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. So. Give me a cup of coffee for that sweet roll. And but I would. So with that being said, I would say, if the PBA comes back to Springfield, Missouri. Or even, I know there's going to be a couple regional events in the Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Or wherever you live that you watch this podcast. If the PBA is in driving distance, let's just say under three hours, go watch it. Yeah. It's so personable. It's so fun. It's intense. 
And all the crowd gets into it, so it's easy to... crowd gets into there. it. And, well, I mean, we were lucky that we had a hometown guy. Yep. Like, that went, which... Yeah, I was, you know, it would have been, you know, God only knows what would have happened if Kevin Williams won that tournament. The crowd, it would have been a party. But um, it was still a phenomenal experience, and I highly encourage everybody, go watch it. Go to a PBA event. Go watch it on TV. Go support it. Um, these guys, like, I don't think we had a bad interaction with any of the pros that were there. I haven't had one bad interaction with a quote-unquote professional bowler yet. From the regionals that I've gone to, to the high-stakes tournament I went to in Springfield, all of them are great dudes, and so I think it would be great to help support these guys and get these guys popular, more popular by supporting the PBA. So go to a PBA event if it's nearby, you know, under three hours or under. Just just go to it. You, you're going to enjoy it. So, Well, Tyler, I think that's about the show. Is there any last thing you want to talk about? Nope, that is it. Um, did we bring up that Bowman won the poll? Yeah, we did. Um, yep. So, sports are, even though the NFL's over, you still got NASCAR's back, thank God. PBA's back, again, thank God. Um, NBA's still thriving, and, you know, we're not even close to the playoffs yet. So NHL? NHL, Blues suck. Um, he is a Blues fan. I'm a Blues fan, and we are, even though we won the Excuse me. Even though we won last night, they've been horrible this year, and they traded away my favorite blue of all time, which I'm pretty upset about. Even though they had to, it was it was terrible. I I think this episode will be burps and other things. Yeah, I, <laughs> be the I think I have to title. do some ep- editing and maybe get rid of that <laughs> stupid freak. Well, no, it was really good mushroom chicken that my mom made, but that gummit. <laughs> well, sounds good. Close us out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. You have listened to the fourth episode, the return of the Patio from Pod. From hibernation. From hibernation from college. And so from the Patio Pod. And hopefully we will bring out more content. Hopefully weekly. weekly. Ugh, I almost slurred my speech there. So by this, we'll be able to talk about the All-Star experience. Hopefully the dunk contest will not suck. As well as you'll recap everything that happened at Daytona. So where maybe Jimmy Johnson or heck, even Travis Pastrana is going to win this Daytona 500. So we'll let you know who wins the truck race, the Xfinity race, the cup race. Maybe ARCA. There's like 41 cars entering that race, so there will be a lot of crashing. And, you know, recap the Daytona 500. Let's see who's going to win it. So... Without further ado, thank you everybody for listening, and this it was the Patio Pod.